From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. It's been a couple of weeks since we've chatted. Uh, thanks to Victor Vigiani for sitting in last week while I was away in L.A. filming episodes for the TV show. And uh, Season 3 will be coming your way sometime in the fall of 2013. And there will be an official announcement coming soon. And while I was away, obviously, a lot went down. And uh, I've received hundreds of emails from people asking me, why haven't I talked about the horrible shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut? And quite honestly, I've put off talking about it for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, as you know, I have twin six-year-old boys. And the 20 children, uh, babies really, were all five or six years old. And for me, for many of you, this just hit too close to home. I couldn't have possibly come on the radio and talked about what happened. Uh, it, it just too horrible to imagine, and it, and it still is, really. But secondly, perhaps more importantly, I felt it was essential to allow some time to pass uh, before ta- discussing this so we could all properly grieve uh, for the young children and the teachers and all the families and friends of the victims Uh, But tonight, it is time to talk about it. It's time to examine this horrific crime and to examine it in detail uh, and talk about the inconsistencies in the official story. Because unfortunately, as you know, we can no longer look to the mainstream news-gathering organizations for the answers because investigative journalism is dead. Uh, My guest tonight sees a much darker story to this shooting. He says it goes way beyond the wanton killing of innocent children. It's the story of what he calls dark side operations, which target young, unstable males, Adam Lanza, with mood-altering drugs and mind-control techniques, and then directing them to kill increasingly younger victims until the Congress of the United States can be driven to legislate away the uniquely American right to self-defense with guns. Joel Skousen is a political scientist by training, specializing in the philosophy of law and constitutional theory. He's also a designer of high-security residences and retreats, and he is the editor and publisher of World Affairs Brief. Hey, Joel, how are you? I'm just fine, Richard. It's good to be with you in this holiday season. Uh, terrific uh, to have you with us again, and uh, obviously um, it's unfortunate the circumstances that uh, the, one of the things that we're going to talk about, obviously, horrific, horrific uh, shooting spree uh, in uh, Newton, Connecticut at Sandy Hook Elementary School, and I, as I was saying off the top of the program, I really hesitated, uh, I delayed talking about this. First of all, uh, as a father, I know you're a father, just the absolute shock and horror prevented me from wanting to talk about it on a personal note uh but then i just felt you know we really needed to 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 allow for a proper grieving time before we started to pick this story apart and analyze it and that's why we have you here uh tonight when when you first uh, heard about uh, this shooting what immediately leapt to mind well the thing that always strikes me about mass murders without a motive is that this matches nothing that I know about, even in mental illness, even in criminal psychology. No one, and I mean virtually no one, goes in and shoots up a bunch of kindergarten. Not the hardened, most hardened murder 
not insane people. It just doesn't happen. And so when it does happen, we have to look deeper at the uh, concepts of whether or not uh, this person is, uh, is being controlled. As you that's point, what I concept. Yes. Right. As you, as you point out in a World Affairs Brief, a uh, few of the facts in the tragedy were reported consistently. There was, um, you know, a lot of conflicting evidence or uh, a lot of conflicting information that was coming out, uh, which is understandable given, again, the the uh, the horrific nature of this story. And, and uh, there were some, you know, things that were reported initially incorrectly. Uh, walk me through some of the, the initial reports that um, sort of conflicted with with the stories that came out later that you found troubling? Well, you know, one of the things that I have noticed as I've watched this pattern, and what I described in my World of Brief is a pattern of these mass killings that fits into a mold that isn't criminal and it isn't mental illness. Um, and But one of the things I found is that initial reports from media reporters, because, you know, even though there's a lot of control of the mainstream media, it doesn't mean that every individual reporter is controlled. It gets controlled at the editing stage and at the where a story is spiked or squashed or, or something changes. And that's what I've noticed. Initially, reporters often get it right. And then the story starts to change to fit an agenda or to fit a desired result. And that's what I'm seeing here. This is what happened to Oklahoma City. Bomb, you know, uh, film cameras came in from the local TV station, uh, took a close-up of a bomb that was unexploded outside the building and several other things that happened that were anomalies from the mainstream story, and all of a sudden they got word from the FBI, you're never to show that again. So you see, that's what I'm looking at is when the initial reports are correct and the last uh, or the later reports that are disinformation. So there was a single perpetrator claim, you know, except for a few honest reports at the beginning, this Newtown incident that always focused on a lone gunman, same thing with a lot of other conspiracies like the JFK assassination. But there ended up being two or three other persons involved in this who were taken into custody, and we've never heard anything about them since. Two other vehicles besides the Lanza car that were driven to the school. Police helicopter, of course, showed the pursuit and capture of someone fleeing the scene with a rifle into the woods who comes out in a handcuff saying, I didn't do it. Uh, didn't do what, we might ask, you know, without knowing what was going on. Um, there was... Um, a, a police uh, recording, audio recording that I heard uh, about them apprehending another person who was in a vehicle in the school that had him on the ground and handcuffed. Uh, one of the children being interviewed as he comes out of the school saying he saw the police with a guy handcuffed on the floor inside the school. Now, there'd be no reason to handcuff the person who committed suicide if this was Adam Lanza, the, uh, the, the killer. But uh, if there was someone else in that school... Um, and, and, and in a pattern that I describe in my World Affairs Brief, oftentimes you have, in a mind control situation, a handler who's assigned to be there, one or two people, to make sure that if the program into suicide, the person doesn't go through, then they get shot. That's what happened in the Dunblane Scotland uh, killing, which was the one that brought gun control to, to Britain. A guy who was a... a a pedophile uh, with a known history goes in and shoots up and kills 16 children and then suicides himself. But the problem is the two guns beside him were both 9 millimeters, and he, the autopsy said he was killed with a, uh, a 38 special bullet, and there was no 38 special weapon there 
for him to fire. Joel Skousen is with us, the editor-publisher of World Affairs Brief. Uh, Joel, the the other um, puzzling aspect of this story, the conflicting reports on the weapons that were used. That's correct. The initial reports by police, men notice these are not just reporters assuming they're getting around it. These are official reports by the police to reporters. Said the shooter was found dead with two 9mm semi-automatic pistols, even named the brands, a Glock and a 6-hour, which adds credibility to the report, and that the floor was littered with 9mm shell casings. And then the police said that besides two guns, they found an AR-15 Bushmaster assault rifle in his car that was registered as mother. We now know that she did buy those weapons, even though it's very difficult to get them in Connecticut. She was a prepper. She was concerned about, uh, you know, uh, economic and social unrest. But the problem is, and this doesn't fit, you know, what the media wanted to do. The purpose of prom- promulgating a massacre like this in order to get gun control is that you have to have the, the gun that does the deed to be a weapon that they want to ban. There's no chance of getting a complete ban on handguns in the United States, so strong is the feeling about the Second Amendment. But they've done it before on assault weapons, and they're going to do it again on assault weapons. And so this, I believe, the story had to be changed so that the assault weapon now becomes the weapon, the weapon of choice. Now, this is, in fact, it even gets more muddled when the... Um, a police official told the uh, AP that there are also a Henry repeating rifle found, an Enfield rifle, and a shotgun. Now, Adam Lanza had to get into this building by breaking a window besides the front locked door in order to get access to that door. You can't do that with an arm full of long rifle weapons like this. So something's really wrong here. Another thing that's very important to understand is that the, this school had a new security system with cameras throughout the hallways. Nobody is telling the public about what those cameras show. And that's problematic because whenever they refuse to show the videos, it usually means there's a major difference between the official story and what really went down. So uh, these individuals, uh, two or three other individuals that were caught on 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 a helicopter, a camera, uh, running through the woods, and one of them, as you say, was apprehended and uh, handcuffed and, and was heard to say, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. I mean, where is the follow-up on these stories? Who were these individuals? Has anybody able to, been able to identify them? Has anyone asked a follow-up question to the, the, the police or the FBI? No, and that's the strange thing. It's when something gets buried, the word goes out to the news media, don't ask about those people, and the police don't volunteer any, any results, and so you just have nothing. Uh, it, it, they disappear. I mean, these were actual, there was only one person that fled in the woods. He was captured if, uh, and uh, taken into custody. There was a person on the ground that was taken into custody, and this one person in handcuffs inside the building. So that's three separate people who were taken into custody besides the person who apparently committed suicide, Otto Lanza. This is what reeks of conspiracy when suddenly it just goes into a black hole and there's no information. Nobody explains, well, we, this was so-and-so, we released him without cause um, because we found out he wasn't. Nothing. There's just nothing. And that's what really 
makes me suspicious of this story. And, and of course, uh, we're all familiar with the um, the threats. There's no other way to describe them by the FBI and the, and the police in Newton. Uh, anyone who was caught either online, the Internet, or elsewhere uh, reporting on any of these rumors or, or reporting on what they called false information would be arrested. I mean, that's, that's, that's sending a, a considerable chill through a, a number of news media uh, organizations, I'm guessing. It is. I'm also concerned about the, you know, uh, the whole story about using a, a 223 assault rifle. This is a very high-powered, high-velocity round that will literally go right through children. And the coroner talks about, you know, um, you know, asserting that all these children were shot with rifle shots. But I mean, um, there would be no bullets left. Uh, very rarely, because they will penetrate a small body like that. I, I hate to talk, you know, in graphic terms. But it's much more likely that he used the 9mm weapons rather than an assault weapon for for this type of shooting. He had been to the range before with his mother. He knew how to shoot. But what's interesting that defies the mental health issue here, which people claiming, well, he's crazy. The point is, everything that he talked about with a roommate from which he stole the weapon showed a very sane person. This isn't somebody who flipped out. He was planning on making an escape to Hawaii, uh, which is also very interesting. This speaks about mind control, because in mind control, when you're under hypnosis and when you're under mood-altering drugs, uh, which is a, a real problem here, um, you are programmed to commit suicide, but you don't know it beforehand. Now, had he been willing to commit, planning on committing suicide, first of all, he wouldn't have worn a mask, and secondly, he wouldn't have made plans to, to go to Hawaii. He wouldn't have worn body armor. That's correct. In other words, if you're committing suicide, you know, hey, no one's around. I'm just going to, you know, end it. But you see, programming indicates that you are told at the end of a certain period, when your your magazine is out of bullets and stuff, then you uh, you take another weapon and turn it on yourself. There's a specific programming, and you don't remember that beforehand. It just happens when you get into the act, and that's what this appears. And if the suicide programming doesn't work, that's why you have the other shooters there to make sure you don't survive and can be questioned and perhaps even deprogrammed. Listen, uh, Joel, we'll take a time out. We'll come back and continue to talk about this horrific uh, school shooting spree in uh, Newton, Connecticut. And Joel Skousen is with us, editor, publisher of World Affairs Brief. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We're back with Joel Skousen, editor, publisher of World Affairs Brief. And uh, Joel, quickly, how can people uh, subscribe to your all-important news service? Well, my World Affairs Brief is showcased on my website, worldaffairsbrief.com, where you can see a synopsis of the latest brief. And you can also get a free sample copy because there is a subscription fee for my my uh, weekly email brief. And you can get a free sample copy to see if you'd like to subscribe by emailing me at editor at worldaffairsbrief.com. All right. Let's uh, continue to talk about the uh, Sandy Hook uh, shooting. 
And uh, again, if you're wondering, you know, here we are several weeks later, uh, why now? Uh, well, of course, something like this we should be talking about uh, all the time, but we've deliberately here on The Conspiracy Show uh, allowed a few weeks to go by uh, just so that we could, first of all, grieve, which is very, very important, and also uh, just because there's been so much confusion uh, around this story. We wanted uh, people like Joel Skousen to have time to sort of piece this thing together so that we could uh, come at this uh, with sort of all of the, uh, you know, the important questions uh, and, and the missing evidence and the conflicting uh, claims about the weapons that were used and how many how many people were involved. All of these questions are swirling around and not too many people talking about it, but Joel Skousen uh, is. Um, let's talk about um, the missing evidence. You talked about the, the school security cameras, and this sounds familiar. We're all familiar, of course, with, uh, you know, the uh, the video evidence uh, from uh, the Oklahoma uh, City bombing and, and 9-11. All of these, I mean, we are living in the most surveilled uh, time in the history of, of the world, and yet none of these, uh, none of this videotape is forthcoming. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the, the the school uh, security uh, cameras, the school security cameras, Joel? Well, it was a new security system that was just recently installed, state-of-the-art, cameras on every hallway, every major classroom. Clearly, they've got video of what happened here. Cameras on the front doors. They know how he got in. They know what he did and traced his step every step of the way. So they're going to know, and the only reason that you're not presenting that video evidence is, and, and there's no reason to now because, you see, the shooter's dead, so there's going to be no trial. There's going to be no way that anyone's going to be able to subpoena that evidence, but it's there and it's being kept covered up. And, uh, you know, the establishment is well aware of the conspiracy theories surrounding this, and it would be very easy for them to drop, you know, video evidence to prove that, you know, what finally went down, but nothing. That's what's interesting. Is there's a complete vacuum of information now that this is over. The only thing we're hearing is the drumbeat for gun control. We're not hearing anything about the resolution of the evidence. Let's talk about Adam Lanza. What 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 do we know about Adam Lanza? What have you heard, perhaps, that hasn't been reported about the uh, the alleged gunman? Well, the important thing is to realize that this fits a, a pattern of what I think the dark side of government goes looking for when they want to have criminals to commit, uh, or not criminals, but unstable individuals to commit. They always have some kind of antisocial behavior. Uh, James Holmes, the Batman shooter, had his orange hair and various tattoos. This guy had various uh, tattoos and, and, and piercings uh, throughout. Uh, they talked about him being a loner. But, you know, loners aren't necessarily, um, you know, people who don't hungry for pure uh, expressions and acceptance. They are actually some of the worst that, that look for these types of things. And we do know, for example, that on a previous Facebook page that he said that he was a devil worshiper. When he put down his politics, he said that he was an anarchist slash communist. So at least he wasn't someone on the right wing that they can poke this on. But he clearly had, um, you know, a lot of uh, disparate and confusing points of view. These are typical of what the government looks for when they're looking for a patsy. Now, how do they find these? Well, it's interesting that James Holmes, when he first went into custody, because remember, he's one of those that didn't end up committing suicide, which, which breaks the pattern. Right. 
and and he said to a roommate that he had been programmed to do this shooting by his psychiatrist. And that's what I find in other patterns is that the government hires psychiatrists into the dark side. The MK Ultra program of mind control worked with psychiatrists. The torture program hired psychiatrists who are unprincipled, who have no qualms about taking money from the government to develop enhanced torture and other systems. And in this case, I believe it's the psychiatrist who put these guys on mood-altering drugs. If you trace it back to them, they're the ones who are being hired to do the programming, get them in, involved in uh, uh, being um, uh, put under uh, hypnosis, which is the primary way in combination with mood-altering drugs that you get a person to be programmed uh, to do this. Uh, so all of these major things were present, uh, disturbing patterns, antisocial behavior, going to a psychiatrist, getting on psychotropic drugs, one or more handlers in the area, killing innocent people, people without any motive whatsoever. And that's the real $95 question is nobody in history ever does this unless they're programmed or hypnotized to do so. And and do we know, uh, has there been any reports on, on um, the presence of psychotropic drugs in Adam Lanza's system? No, they're not. Uh, we just have the story from friends that they knew that he was on these drugs. Does anyone know? I mean, and the mother is dead. Even right. the mother was yes, conveniently. Very convenient. Now we frankly don't know. Everybody says that Adam Lanza killed his mother. We don't know that. That's you know, true. She may have may have been killed with one of the weapons that he took. There were, uh, and that's what's interesting about all these other weapons, which were registered. You had multiple weapons, but only three of them showed up with Adam Lanza. So whoever was working, his handlers could have used one of those weapons to kill him. We don't. We have not even been told which weapon it came from and what the caliber of the bullet is. So the police just aren't, uh, you know, making any efforts to finish this investigation as they would uh, under normal circumstances. The, the evidence has all just disappeared into a black hole inside the police. I'm sure you've heard these re- this report, and uh, this is interesting. I'm not sure what to make of it, but both... Uh, the whole, uh, both Holmes' father and Adam Lanza's father were both witnesses in the uh, the Libor scandal. What what can you tell us about that? Uh, that it's false. Ah. The only thing true about the report was their occupation, and uh, which was showcased on the LinkEd website, which they were members of. Uh, one, uh, the Holmes, Robert Holmes, worked for the FICO. Um, um, which was a credit rating system, and uh, the other worked as a financial uh, uh, advisor for GE Capital. And uh, frankly, there is absolutely no evidence, none whatsoever, that they had any knowledge of the Libor scandal. Number two, they are not on any list from the Senate of anyone who was going to testify, so that part is just bogus. Someone is out there stirring the part and trying to make and create false conspiracy theories to discredit real conspiracy theories. Joel Skousen is with us, the editor and publisher of World Affairs Brief here on The Conspiracy Show as we continue to discuss the horrific uh, Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting earlier this month. Uh, so, Joel, let's, let's lay this out on the line. You're saying the evidence points to Adam Lanza being yet another mind-control patsy. But what's disturbing is that, the, obviously, is the age of the victims this time. Why target such young victims? Well, there has been a pattern of 
of doing these attacks into gun-free zones, shopping malls, schools, and movie theaters. But the schools have always been older children. This is the first time you get into or or young children, and I believe they're simply um, not only increasing the frequency of, of the attack, but they're attacking younger and younger children because of the shock effect. As you have witnessed, as you have expressed, it has shocked the nation, and for the first time, this creates a tipping point. People are resistant to, to use the air. There was no movement to get gun control after the Batman shooting. There was no movement after the shopping mall shooting in Clackamas Town Center uh, in Oregon. But suddenly you start killing innocent little sub-10-year-olds, and all of a sudden the mood changes, and that's exactly what they're pointing. And frankly, we're not over. They're going to keep doing this again and again because they're only going to get, they're only going to get assault weapon bans out of this, and it's a very interesting twist now. They're going to change the grandfathering of those that already have assault weapons to require that they register them in a national gun registry, first time ever in the United States that's going to be required, and fingerprint people. So this is going to be a step in the wrong direction, I believe. The only safety is the Israeli solution, and that is that you arm teachers and conce with concealed arms so that a shooter can't come in. You know, this idea of having a guard or a policeman in schools doesn't work. You can simply ambush the guard, and then you've got a free reign to go. But if you have multiple concealed weapons among administrators and teachers in schools, there's no way to know it's a perfect deterrent. Nobody's going to risk going into a school where an unknown number of people are armed and trained, willing to engage them. So this, the, 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 the real perpetrators behind this and other uh, of these mass shootings, including the, uh, the movie theater in Colorado and Virginia Tech and on and on, this tragic list goes and continues to grow. You call it the darker forces inside government. But even still, I mean, many of us sit back and would find that, that idea that there's someone sitting there, I don't know, behind a desk conceiving of a notion of, of, of murdering innocent children, mere babies, to further a gun ban agenda. It's just too much to believe, almost, Joel, that anyone could be that evil. Well, and that's why we have to understand that this is not just individual evil, because this is bigger than any one individual. This is systematic evil. And that's why I've said these conspiracies ultimately have, because they, they run this pattern of doing things that are against human nature. I mean, even bringing nuclear war upon this world, which are, you know, a globalist agenda to do that, or even to bring World War II and all the firebombing is an agenda above and beyond any single individual. And that's why I think there is a, a spiritual dark side, a satanic link to these conspiracies that directs these decade after decade with a pattern. No single individual is capable of doing that. But I look back on this. You know, you say how difficult that is to accept. But once you understand that President Roosevelt not only knew that Japan was going to attack Pearl Harbor and failed to warn them, causing the death of over 3,000 of our military people, which was murder. He provoked Japan to do it. They had a six point, an eight, I'm sorry, an eight-point plan, according to the book, uh, Day of Deceit by Robert Stone, an eight-point plan that's been uncovered to provoke it, and they knew it was coming. We can prove with a multiplicity of evidence that 9-11 was a government operation from beginning to end. Somebody pulled the trigger. That building was completely empty the weekend before. Everyone was shut out of the building while it was being loaded with explosives. That's murder. 
But you see, people are shocked at that concept because it's withheld from them. But in fact, there's a long history of committing mass murder by government dark side forces. And why do I call them dark side? Because we don't know who they are. That's the best kept secret around. And they control the surveillance mechanism. In order for you to prosecute this, you'd have to get into the surveillance mechanism because they do surveil everybody's telephone, everybody's email. We could prove these things, but they're never going to let us in because they control that machinery. Even if you had someone like Ron Paul, elected president, who is not a conspirator, they would not let him have access to that information. All right, Joel, we'll come back and we'll continue to talk about uh, certain aspects of uh, gun control or gun uh, banning of certain assault rifles, etc. But we'll also uh, delve into uh, mental illness and, and video games and, and uh, other aspects of the horrific Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. I'm back with more of my conversation with Joel Skousen right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We're back with Joel Skousen, editor and publisher of World Affairs Brief. And again, Joel, how do people subscribe to your news service? They can go to my website, uh, worldaffairsbrief.com, and uh, where it gives a synopsis of the latest brief, and it's a big subscribe button. People can also get a free sample issue before they subscribe to see what the brief is all about. They can email me for that at editor at worldaffairsbrief.com. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, the Second Amendment and what specifically what what aspects of the Second Amendment these darker forces uh, are, are targeting when they orchestrate these these horrible massacres. Well, first of all, let me address the question of why the fetish with trying to destroy the Second Amendment. The United States of America is the only country in the entire world where people have a constitutional right to bear arms. It's a marvelous protection, and not for just hunting, and not for just personal self-defense. The reason the Second Amendment was linked to the militia is because individually borne arms are essential to the defense of a nation against government tyranny starting way back with the Declaration of Independence. When you've exhausted all attempts to win back your rights, you have the right to absolve the government and go to war against it. And that's what the Second Amendment is all about. And government intends, our government is full of globalists, intends to undermine our own individual sovereignty, undermine the Constitution, and get us into a globalized government, a, a new world order, if you will, that is militarized and that will never allow any local individuals to have weapons that can counter that government. Every tyranny in the world has always disarmed its people, and with dramatic effects, and that's where we're at it. Even China rejoiced at this shocking tragedy and said, yes, we encourage the United States to disarm the people. They would love to see America disarmed with their plans of eventually you know, joining an attack, a nuclear attack on America and then occupying this nation for their own purposes. So the it's not enough to get uh, um, you know a handgun uh, the handguns out of the out of the way because it's it's those military grade weapons as, as you point out it's the possession of the military grade weapons which are included in the Second Amendment as a defense against not not for purposes of personal safety but for defense against governmental tyranny 
it's the military-grade weapons they've got to get out of the hands of the American public. That is correct. And, of course, they'll, uh, they won't stop at that. They want all weapons, because when you end up going, as they have in Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia, uh, knock on the door at midnight and you get roused out of bed by some KGB or, or Stasi or brown shirt Gestapo, they don't like having individual weapons that can take down their people at the door. So they'll go after all the weapons eventually. Part of that, of course, is that gun registration, and I think that's the window they're going to do. Uh, Diane Feinstein's bill on gun control says, yes, we're going to grandfather those people who have already purchased assault weapons. By the way, almost a million weapons have been sold since the, this tragedy, knowing that gun control is around the corner. But we're going to require them to be fingerprinted and to register those weapons on a national registry. And that makes them, you know, similar to Class Three uh, automatic weapons where you have to be registered with the ATF and be fingerprinted and uh, and pay um, a fee to maintain that weapon. They're going to make it diff- difficult. In other words, they're going to start by not banning weapons, by simply making it so expensive and difficult that people will give up a lot of those weapons, uh, and probably have some kind of inducement uh, to buy pack weapons, Anything's possible here, but I'll tell you this, at least half of weapon holders in the United States will simply not comply. And until there is legislation uh, before the House, I guess, that that uh, that would, or even until it's passed, that would satisfy these globalists, I guess then we need to, to uh, prepare ourselves for more and more of these mass shootings, uh, and and perhaps even more, you know, heinous as hard as, as that is to imagine. How could anything be more heinous? But perhaps you know more victims, younger victims. Uh, uh, is is that what we're we're facing, Joel? Yes, it is. As I say, they're not going to stop this killing, these provoked uh, massacres, until they get all the guns. They're just not going to stop and. That's why you'll never see legislation that uh, protects people, really. They, I mean, it's just like we'll never see legislation that really stops uh, you know, border infiltration from illegal aliens because it's part of a globalist agenda to water down the culture and to water down the vote and to create conflict. It's the same thing. Once you have an agenda that they won't take no for an answer, they won't vote for real defensive measures in schools. In fact, it's, it's interesting that most school teachers are not open to even carrying arms. We've bred a, a weak class of liberals that generally become and soft people because there's no discipline in school, so we breed a kind of teacher that doesn't believe in discipline, and, uh, and they're just not open to this. There are a few, but generally speaking, the teachers' unions would buck this uh, trend tremendously, but it really needs to be tightened up and concealed weapons in schools. I mean, let's stop these... Uh, these uh, gun safe zones. I mean, that's uh, really the, you're advertising that here you can commit these crimes without any retribution. All right, another time out. We'll be back with uh, Joel Skousen, editor, publisher of World Affairs Brief, right here on The Conspiracy Show as we discuss the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Newton, Connecticut. Back with more. Don't go away. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
Uh, Joel, aside from uh, talk of you know banning assault rifles and assault weapons and so forth, uh, people are focusing on mental illness, which may, may be the one thing, a good, positive thing that comes out of this. Is I think we we can all agree that uh, uh, you know we don't pay enough attention and not enough resources go into mental illness. Although that may not be you know really what's at work here with Adam Lanza. Uh, but at least it's got the you know the people talking about uh, you know lack of resources for for the mentally ill. But but do you see something else uh, afoot here? Uh, are they are they trying to uh, increase surveillance on people that are just a little more you know a little different, a little out there? What's what's going on there? Well, first of all, the the protective custody uh, laws about mental illness are very dangerous to liberty. When somebody can have you. Um, you know, put away for good, and that's what the Soviets did. I mean, they just classed a person as mentally ill if they were anti-government, and it said they got uh, excessive paranoia, and they would lock them up for life. We we can't go there. We can't allow, uh, you know, these people to to lock people away on, uh, especially when you have psychologists running around who are under the pay of government who who can start to turn that law and that psychology against legitimate people. One of the reasons why I'm not enthused, uh, Richard, about the ability of the psychiatric profession to come to a conclusion here is that they they reject two of the basic elements that are essential to understanding the psychological and mental uh, issues that people have. And that is, one, the innateness of the individual spirit that inhabits a person. You know, we're not just environmental chemical animals that can be environment-induced to do anything. There's an innate spirit inside each person that precedes birth on life that you know has its own personality, and any person with multiple children knows that every one of those babies came out of the same mother and the same father, and they have absolutely different personalities. And it's very difficult to change what they really are. The second thing besides innateness is the interaction of the human mind with conscience. And conscience is a, a, a receptor in the mind that can perceive spiritual input from either God or Satan or the dark spiritual side. And, you know, when people know what it feels like to have inspiration come to them or being reminded of something they weren't thinking about, and they get a dramatic reminder to go back and do something that they forgot. Those come externally from the mind, and so do temptations, so do rationalizations, all of those things that we understand. Nervous feelings warning us that something's wrong before it happens. Promptings or pushing feelings to do something we don't feel like doing because we should do it. Everybody knows those feelings, and those are external to the mind. What I'm here to tell you from my research is that these psychotropic drugs, these mood-altering drugs, shut down that center. And that's why I have no confidence in the once the psychological says won't discuss conscience, they don't believe in God, they can't discuss it if they do, they don't believe in Satan, they don't believe that Satan can have influence on the mind. So you can't solve what's happening with so much called, uh, you know, whether it's bipolar, which I think really is kind of partial satanic, nobody has two, two personalities. They're either being influenced externally or by satanic depression, which causes them to do weird things and then they go back into normalcy. But when psychology will not discuss, let alone research, um, you know, the potential of uh, the influences of dark and light spiritual forces on people, they can't come to any solution. So I, I'm not really, uh, you know, optimistic here. What I do want to make a point is 
that these psychotropic drugs, drugs are shutting down the symbol of, uh, center of conscience that, that senses proper promptings and also senses temptation. It alone explains, for example, why people kind of mellow out under these drugs, because so often their eccentricities and their wildness is occurring because they're getting too much input from Satan doing weird things, and it temporary, temporarily goes away. And then when they start to withdraw from these drugs, that's when the huge suicide rate comes in. I have never, Richard, met anyone that I've counseled with about suicide who doesn't have satanic depression, driving them to kill himself, instructing, getting after. They don't want to get better. They don't want to be helped. They don't want any any help. And this is a driving force within them. And I think when people start to withdraw from these drugs, that center of the mind that hears those satanic things just gets flooded with suicide thoughts. And that's why I think there is a massive uh, research to show that suicide is a result of withdrawal from these drugs. In this, in many respects, then, I guess Adam Lanza was as much a victim, I, I, this may not be popular to say, but given this information that you're imparting, Joel, I think it is fair to say, Adam Lanza was as much as a, a victim as the 20 school children and the, and the six teachers that were murdered. Absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind that no rational being, including Adam Lanza, sets out to kill children. No mentally ill person sets out to kill children in that. This was a dedicated plan that someone had planted in his mind through being influenced by a, uh, a psychologist who was under the, the influence of the dark side of the government. That's what I'm convinced of. And it's a pattern that we're going to see again and again, and they are victims. It is right now. They are responsible for having started out down this path of antisocial behavior and, uh, and, and violations of conscience, whether it's weird hairdos, getting tattoos, and doing weird things. I mean, conscience reminds people, don't do that. It gives them nervous feelings, and, and they go against those, and they get chronic bad judgment. They set themselves up. Just as the FBI is always searching for young, angry Muslims that they can get a hold of and induce to create domestic terrorist acts, I'll say it plainly, virtually everyone has been prosecuted by government has been induced and provided the plans, the weapons, and everything else to carry forth, and none of them would have done it had the FBI agent provocateurs not been there. And I'm convinced that none of these mass shootings would occur if it weren't for agent provocateurs and government-paid psychiatrists working on these people and hypnotizing them into these acts. Uh, Back to the gun control um, uh, ban. A number of news organizations, I believe one of them was Reuters, was actively encouraging uh, President Obama to go it alone, uh, to use executive orders to to put some sort of uh, assault rifle ban in place. Uh, I mean, they're begging him practically to be, you know, the new Caesar. Well, they are, and... uh it's really not legal to do that, but uh, the Congress has been absolutely behind the eight ball in terms of restricting a president's use of these improper executive orders. You can't make law with executive orders. You can only give orders to the executive department about implementing law, and it has to be within the law. You can't counterman it. So the DREAM Act about saying don't enforce the INS was counter to law. It wasn't legal executive order, but Congress is not going to, apparently not going to use their impeachment power to stop this. 
But Obama has already said that he's uh, planning and has plans to use executive orders to class all assault weapons as class three weapons, requiring permits and registration and paying a fine. Just by de by classing them into class three, puts them into a banned status except by permission of government. And I think that's a very real thing. If they can't get something passed with the Feinstein bill, you'll see that happen. What's happened in England uh, since their gun ban uh, that was sort of um, in, inspired, I guess, in, in, in the wake of the Dunblane shooting in 1996? What's happened to, to crime uh, and violence in Great Britain since 1996? Well, that's very interesting because crime with handguns has skyrocketed. And it's proof positive that banning civilian uh, civilians, law-abiding citizens from having handguns does not stop crime. Uh, criminals can always get the, uh, their hands on these weapons. You know, the bobbies in England used to be completely unarmed. Now they're armed to the teeth. They have to be armed because uh, the criminals have arms. So gun ban does absolutely nothing to stop that. Now, people point out to the fact that we have the highest you know, murder rate in, in, in the world, but we've got to remember that that is only upon areas like New York City and Chicago that drive the statistics up that have gun bans. When you have areas where concealed weapons permits are abundant and people are armed, you have an, an incredibly low murder and assault rate. And so uh, gun control doesn't work, but gun permits among the citizens does provide a powerful alternative and a, a disincentive to use guns in public. Uh, and, and one final note, Joel, and this is uh, this is absolutely bizarre, uh, but the, you know the internet uh, is, is just buzzing about this one, and that is, of course, uh, coincidentally, the uh, the Dark Knight Rises, which was the movie playing in Aurora, uh, Colorado, when uh, uh, when when Holmes supposedly uh, went on his uh, rampage. In that movie, there is a mention uh, of Sandy Hook, uh, as I believe Commissioner Gordon uh, or someone pointing to a map of Gotham City, and there on the map we see the words Sandy Hook, almost prophetic. W what do you make of that? Well, it's it's true. Uh, and in fact, it was changed from an earlier version to Sandy Hook. Um, and um, so we look at it, you know, let's see, the original one was South Hinckley on the map. And then in the latest version, it was changed to Sandy Hook. Uh, you know, it's a lot of people have made a lot out of this. I'm not sure that it's definitive. Uh, but, uh, you know, the dark side of government does have and kind of delight in giving little hints about where they're going with these things uh, just to see if anybody picks up on them. The fact that it was changed from South Hinkley to Sandy Hook is very, very interesting. And the fact that in Manhattan there is no Sandy Hook in that area, that was that was completely changed. Um, in addition, um, there is the next target on that list in the Batman movie was Fort Clinton, and uh, up there on with the number two marked on it, and that happens to be right next door to to West Point. And so, a lot of people have said, including I mentioned it in the brief, that in fact there's a false flag or massacre or an attack on uh, the cadets at uh, West Point. We'll certainly be looking at the Dark Knight for foreknowledge of these types of things. So if, if God forfend, there was a shooting um, uh, targeting West Point, what better way to get the military on side for an, uh, an absolute you know, ban on assault weapons? 
That's right. Yes, and uh, you know everything is very much uh, you know disarmed there at West Point. Uh, uh, you know they have uh, show rifles and everything, but there really isn't any protection there. So it's one of those uh, uh, you know open uh, cases that open opportunities for one of these types of things. So I'm not making any uh, definitive prognosis based upon the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, whether it's coincidence or whether or not it's it's foreknowledge, but it it does observe. It is worth looking into in terms of future things. Well, Joe, well, listen, I, I appreciate you taking time to come on and talk about this uh, horrific event, uh, and it's not um, it's not easy to listen to. It's not easy to talk about you know governments targeting their own people, or or we should say darker elements within the government targeting their own people in such a uh, evil way. Um, nevertheless, we need to get that out there, and, and um, people will, will, you know, have to to wake up and 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 start paying closer to it, attention to these these things, and dig a little deeper, and not just go along with, uh, you know, what the mainstream media tells them. So, appreciate your time, Joel. My pleasure, Richard. Good to be with you. All right. Bye bye. Joel Scows, an editor publisher of World Affairs Brief. Say hello on Twitter, twitter.com slash Richard Serrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T, and of course, the website, www.richardserrett.com. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 